And we're live. I know, I felt like playing some rocky music as an intro there. We did have some music intros, didn't we? And then we took that off due to copyright law. <laughs> we got sued. <laughs> it's the eye of the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, better the music than your singing, Mick. So our podcast today for the two back doctors is why is it important to continue care once symptoms have been relieved? Do you reckon that's the most common thing, A, chiropractors get frustrated with, and B, patients don't understand? I think it's one of the most common misconceptions as to what we see every day, isn't it? Because often we talk about the need to fix a problem rather than just sort of treat symptoms. And, And chiropractors are often saying, Look, you need a course of care. Even if your pain goes after a few visits, mm. the job's not going to be done unless you start to look at the, the bigger picture of what's going the, on. There's two sides to this coin, aren't there? One, as a practitioner and a chiropractor, um, we uh, see people come in, we get great results with some kind of pain or symptom relief, and then people disappear and we don't hear from them. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, if you're a member of the public coming in to visit a chiropractor and you've got a problem, a condition, and you do some care with them, and then you think, I feel much better, and your chiropractor says, all right, we need to continue these weekly visits or whatever the frequency is. And you're like, why do I need to keep coming in if my back pain and my headaches are gone? Yes. And that's, that's well put. And one of the most important factors to consider in that is that, A, that you can't blame the patient for feeling that way if that's the way that they've been educated up until this point in time, is it? So yeah. if, if from a young age they've been given a pill for a headache yeah. and the pill fixes the headache, well, then mm. the problem's gone, isn't it, according to that symptom-based... Basically. Model, yeah. So let's talk about that. First point is, what are symptoms? Are they a good thing or are they a bad thing? Well, my take on it is, I'm sure you might have a similar approach, but I think symptoms are neither good nor bad. I just think think symptoms are there for a reason. And I think... What is that reason? So it's a reason your body telling you that there's something something that needs to be addressed yeah so i feel like it's an inherent mechanism it's like you know there's this weird neurological condition Mm. where people don't feel pain i don't know if you've ever heard of that but they can put their hand on a fire Mm. and keep their hand in a fire Mm. and they you know if you put your hand on a fire automatically you're going to pull it away and those people are at great risk of dying earlier. Yes. Because their body doesn't give their brain the signals that something's damaged. Yes. Hence, symptoms, so I put to you, symptoms are a good thing from the perspective that it is a sign from your body somewhere that something is wrong, it's not working properly. But they are not an early warning system. So unfortunately, unless you have a trauma where you have an accident, you fall over, you bump your arm, you've got a sore arm, ouch, we know something straight away. 
but in the great majority of health conditions, by the time you get a symptom, whatever dis-ease process, whatever dysfunction has been there for weeks, months, years, or decades. Let me give you three everyday examples. Tell me. Cancer. How do you know if you've got cancer? You don't. By the time you've got a symptom, you're in some kind of trouble. Often it's just a lump, isn't it? You know, yeah. And the lump's not painful and the lump takes time to get bigger, to get discovered. Well, that's a lump. That's something superficial. That might be breast cancer for a woman. What about bowel cancer? What about prostate cancer? What about lung cancer? I've got a friend whose mum has lung cancer. The first sign was coughing up blood. By the time you're doing that... It's well advanced. Yeah. And it's the same for most health processes. Heart disease. How do you know if you've got heart disease? Well, if you're lucky, you get symptoms. If you're lucky. Well, the first sign... In 50% of cases, the first sign of heart disease is a heart attack and that's death. Right. So that's why I'm saying you're lucky if you get a symptom because otherwise you're dead. Yeah, yeah, well, people do tests. So it's not because you're in pain or discomfort. You do some kind of a test with your GP, correct? Tooth decay. How do you know if you've got tooth decay? Well... You go to a dentist once again and get checked, yeah. or you can wait till the decay gets so bad that it affects a nerve. And it causes pain. Pain. So by the time you get pain or discomfort, you've got significant decay. Guess what? In the majority of cases, it's the same with your spine, or your musculoskeletal system, or any other process. Exactly right. So we've. my take on it is, is, is slightly different than, and I think you explained that really well, um, on the advantages of symptoms. Mm. I think the disadvantages of symptoms is when you get into a chronic inflammatory state and your body's giving you symptoms all the time with um, trying to give you feedback over and over and over again. And it sort of gets stuck in that cycle. And then it's much harder to alleviate that cycle um, once you... Cause once we go through the acute symptom phase where you get an injury and your body restricts blood and nerve flow and it tries to protect the area. But over time, you release different chemicals in your body um, and what will happen is you'll get stuck, unless that problem is addressed, you'll get stuck into a, a what's called chronic symptom state. Mm. And that's where I sort of feel that um, your symptoms actually uh, you know, are, are neither good nor bad uh, they've just led you down the path of complete misery. Yeah, but you've said two words there, Mick, acute and chronic. So we've just explained where by the time something is really chronic, you're getting these type of symptoms. So it comes back to it's not whether you've got a symptom or not, it's that your body's not working well. It's this body brain. So there's a chronic dysfunction of something. So it's not about the symptoms, it's about getting things working better, functioning better. Yeah, so the from my perspective on that is that yes, I agree that we we need to talk about the causes of problems, but I think sometimes symptoms are a blessing uh, and we need to see them as a blessing. Mm. And I feel that sometimes things get so bad that symptoms are nothing more than a pain in the ass. I, I read an article the other day. Um, did you just say that word? Were we allowed to say that in podcasts? We can say ass, mate. Ass beats class every day. <laughs> um, uh, 
And it was that there's research now to say that acute problems, if they're not addressed, so how many times do you hear this? Uh, I had this back pain and I just thought I'd wait and see if it went away, which it did, but now it's come back. I hear that. So every yeah. yeah, we hear it every week. So in the great majority of cases, these problems with symptoms, if they are ignored, develop into a chronic condition. Now, we don't want people to become hypochondriacs, but it's important to listen to how your body's working. Yeah, especially if you want to stay on top of your health. If your health is a priority, yes. Otherwise, ignoring it uh, over time, and that's something we'll talk about today, is the dangers of ignoring pain and the way, or symptoms, and the way people ignore symptoms. And medication is a great way people ignore symptoms, pain medication. Right, so let's give another analogy. We're full of analogies today. If you've got a fire alarm going off somewhere in your neighbourhood, uh, it usually means that there's a fire. Yep. Uh, in order to address that problem, you don't just turn off the alarm and ignore the fire. You turn off the alarm and you put out what's causing the fire. Indeed. Yep. Now, the analogy there is if you have some type of a symptom, often it's pain or discomfort, but I'm going to go into why the origins of chiropractic were actually for health, not for being musculoskeletal issues. Uh, if you've got some kind of pain or discomfort, by taking a medication, it masks the symptoms temporarily. It does nothing whatsoever to address what caused that pain in the first place. Can we go back to the fire analogy thing? Please do. I think as a culture, what we've become really good at is finding, seeing the, the smoke and the fire. Mm-hmm. But what we've become spent a lot of money on is sending a thousand firemen out investigating to where the fire is, mm-hmm. which is doing like heaps of medical tests to find out what's wrong. You know, you might have a headache. Let's send you straight for a CT or, or an MRI scan of your brain. Or you might get some, you know, lots of blood tests done. And what we've become really good at is using all these firemen to investigate all around the building to find the fire. So once we've found the fire, that's where the challenge actually really begins Mm. because they're not good at putting it out. What they're good at doing is closing all the doors around the fire and keeping the smoke locked in, but the fire's still burning inside because they're not actually getting to the cause of the problem. They're masking all of that with, you know, with their with all these firemen holding the doors closed but not putting the bloody fire out, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So in the meantime, there's still damage occurring on the inside? Yeah, of course. And it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger the more they try to contain it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's where a lot of money is potentially... Um, it's one of the reasons that we have escalating health costs. Exactly, where money is spent. Um, exas- you know, a lot of money is spent and sometimes, most of the time probably unnecessarily uh, but that is because of the litigious society that we live in that if something goes wrong that people you know and 
might come back and say, well, listen, this test wasn't done. Why wasn't it done? So it's often worst case scenario first. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a whole other conversation that we can have. Um, But I agree with you. Absolutely. So what we understand is that symptoms indicate that something's not working well. Also important to understand is the way that your body and brain work is that by the time you get a symptom, uh, it's probably late in whatever dysfunctional process is occurring. Now, of all the nerves in the body, only about 10% of the nerves in the body go towards some type of pain production. So 90% of what's going on inside us has nothing to do whether you're in pain or not. Mm. It's the autonomic nervous system controlling the function of your lungs and your heart and your digestion. And and your your balance. And your balance and your reproductive system. All of those things going on every second of every minute of every day without you having to think about it. So uh, here's another analogy. The 90-10 rule, the, the iceberg. Yeah. Yep. What you see of the iceberg above the water is the symptom. 90% of that problem is what's happening silently underneath the water of the dysfunction of whatever problem you've got to appear with that 10% above the water. So what chiropractors want to do, or what we, the way we work anyway, Mick, isn't it? Is that, yes, we want to relieve your pain and discomfort as soon as possible. It is a priority. Yeah. Yeah. It is but a priority. Even more importantly for your health, we want to fix that 90% of dysfunction that's happening on the inside so that it's not just about getting rid of the symptom that you've got a problem, it's about restoring 100% function so you can be healthy. And look, you and I both welcome everyone into our our clinic and we want to help as many people as we can. Uh, But I find my my life and my work far more fulfilling when I'm dealing with people that will will be willing to try to um, improve themselves in some way and try to get to a cause of a problem and try to improve their health. Because can I tell you, after the pain goes, uh, the treatment um, changes slightly and it's far more rewarding as far as the, the results go, even after pain. And uh, it's nice to deal with people when their bodies aren't in that guarding reflex and they're trying to protect around a, a painful area. And that's often when true healing occurs too, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, as we just said, the getting rid of the symptoms is the tip of the iceberg. Once we've got rid of the symptoms and we're doing corrective work to improve your function and the way that your nervous system is working. And we've both got lots of clients who a year or a couple of years down the track, they're doing fortnightly or monthly tune-ups or whatever the case may be, they'll come in and say, hey, doc, I've noticed that uh, my digestion's improved or I've noticed that these other things have improved or I've noticed that... Well, blood tests have improved. Blood tests have improved. I've noticed that my family life is better because I'm healthier and I've got more energy to play with the kids. Yeah, that's the interesting part of it all, isn't it? That, That... I, I truly believe, because um, you, you've been a chiropractor for a long time like I have, and the patients who've been with you from the start, you know, you've been treating for a long time, that their health, you know, has seemed to um, 
you know, in the face of great adversity amongst their peers, they're, they're just soldiering on, you know, they just keep on keeping on. They haven't developed any major health issues. And I find that sort of work, you could say that's coincidence, right? I'm, I'm not, not a fool. I do understand people might, might be a cynic and go, um, oh, look, he's, you know, that's just people, you know, got lucky. He's got a patient that was lucky to have good health. But it's more than that. And the people who come to see us, and if you do, if you're like Andrew and I, and we see this on a, to deal with this stuff on a daily basis, it truly becomes a, a fortified belief within yourself that what we're doing is actually not just about pain, but it really is about improving people's, you know, patients' health, health and improving patients' quality of life. And, and that's from the heart. That's not, that's not talk as far as, uh, telling you know uh, convincing ourselves that you know we're doing something that you know we believe in so much that we want it to work it's fact it's it's you know it's in all of our all of our practices so well Mick there's more and more research coming out all the time uh, you know I like reading my research um, there was a study that came out about 10 years ago it was a seven year study it was done by an insurance company in uh, the United States uh, so it was a large body of samples of people over a, a large period of time. And what they found was the people who chose the chiropractors as their primary healthcare provider over that seven year period and so did regular care yeah. uh, had 85% less pharmaceutical costs. They were in hospital about now I'll have to look up these figures so I'm going to give you I remember the 85% less pharmaceutical costs it was about 60% less hospital visits the ones that went to hospital for something spent 65% less time in hospital as well. I don't know that study, but you it's know what? Ju- I can tell you from I, memory, it's the Journal of Integrative Medicine. Can I tell you, I don't know that study, but I know it to be true. Yeah. I, I know that to be 100%, you know, now, And why is that? Because people looking after themselves regularly have a healthier body, so they don't need to take as many pills, for example, or if you need to go to hospital for something, as I will be shortly to do a knee reconstruction, you spend less time in hospital because your body's working better, you have a quicker recovery time. I think So that's what this study indicates. That's real, uh, thanks for that, that's awesome. Um, I just, and that's good to know, uh, I just sort of feel as if um, that people seem, and, and, and knowing that information, I still feel, we talk about why patients choose to come to chiropractors and the two main hurdles seem to be time and money, you know, most of the time. Do you want to, can we talk a little bit about that, those two two hurdles? Yeah, sure. There's a great saying, I put it up on Facebook the other day. Those people who don't have time to take care of their health now will might have to make time to take care of their disease later in life. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's not about chiropractic, Mick. That's about health, health in general. That's 
that's your diet, it, yeah, that's your yeah, mental yeah. health, that's your exercise, but that's, that's a your funny one, isn't it? But it's a fact. Isn't it Do, funny that people say they don't have? That? I can't because there's no better investment that you will ever make mm. financially or time wise than mm. investing in your health. What What are your priorities? This is what it boils down to. Do you know what the simple fact of the matter is? Let's put it on the line. If you're a member of the public listening and you don't want to come in regularly, that's okay. It's your choice. You don't have to do anything. But if your health is a priority, and what are your priorities? Is it your house? You can't take that with you when you're gone. Is it your car? You can't take your health with you. (laughs) No, no. But if you don't have your health, what are you going to enjoy in life? I, I, I would maintain that the reason why I believe it's the best investment is because even if you've got a beautiful house mm. and the house is, you know, or even if you've got a, a basic house or you know, if you've got a holiday, uh, the greatest one I hear, mate, to be honest, a lot, mm. and it does frustrate me, patients go, Mick, I can't really afford to come and see you at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you get chatting to them and, and halfway through the conversation, yeah, we're, we're off to Hawaii. Um, in a couple of weeks and we're staying there and then we're off to LA for three or four weeks yeah just don't quite have the money at the moment to come to the chiropractor mm. and I, I often don't chip them about it because I don't want to seem like I'm uh, a wowser on their holiday but the reality is I just roll my eyes and go mate you've got the wrong priorities you, you, you've, you've just got it all upside down because well, it's a short-sighted thinking because i don't want to stop anyone from enjoying quality family time on a holiday either. But you either invest in your health now or you invest in sickness and disease 10, 20, 30 years from now. One of the two. One of the two because what is your health? It's the decisions you make every day. Isn't it? Yeah, and I guess for me, I think a lot of those decisions are more drip feeds than big decisions. They're the most powerful things. Like you choose to brush your teeth every day. Yeah, why? Yeah, Is it because you, your teeth hurt? No, of course, because you want to look after them. Exactly right. And Did, you, you, want to get, you want to get some mileage out of them, you know? Um, the other thing too... And, and what happens... Sorry, that's a great analogy. We come back to our dental analogy. I talked yeah. about tooth decay earlier. Most people, I hope, brush and floss every day. It's to take care of your teeth because if you don't, what happens? They decay and wear out. And then what happens? You spend, we were having this conversation before, you spend thousands and thousands of dollars with a dentist. How much is one dental implant? I know because I looked I, into this last yeah, week because I'm wearing out my teeth. Obviously, it can vary. It's anywhere between 1500 and several thousand dollars. So, for a proper implant, you're looking at five, six thousand bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, for one no, implant. I didn't know. Or more. Right, you can maybe go to Thailand and get it done, but um, th- yeah, we're looking at six thousand. So mm. people, so if, if you have to get a tooth replaced, you're mm. up for six thousand out of your skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Now that that means that you know, if you look at that in the broad scheme of things, that's just one dental implant. Mm. You know how much you know you spend on, and that can be replaced. Mm. Can your spine be replaced? Ah, uh, I would argue no. There's bits of technology now that you can do surgery to put bits of plastic or titanium in. It's not going to work the same way like a dental implant does. No, it's not going to work the same way. It's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars and you are going to have a really lengthy 
recovery period and then you're still going to need to see your chiropractor afterwards to try and get everything else working as well as possible. So is that a bit skew if that people are actually brushing and flossing their teeth mm. and then they're having to spend huge amounts of dollars if things go wrong but they're not pro- potentially prioritising something that is, I believe, more valuable than their teeth. And, and so that's one thing as far as time and money goes. I mean, the other thing, so we spoke a little bit about cost mm. and value. Yeah. What about time, prioritising time? That's another thing that I find that patients tell me a lot that they don't have the time. Yeah, well, it's the same conversation, isn't it? Look, the, the great thing is chiropractic, uh, it doesn't take very long. If you're coming in for a monthly tune-up, it's 15 minutes of your time and then whatever it takes to drive to and from there yeah it's for me that's um and it's you know it, it feels great to get adjusted mm. it's not like you're coming to get a tooth pulled out no <laughs> <laughs> you're coming to get adjusted which makes you feel wonderful like you know it's it's you know i love getting adjusted andrew and i when we do the podcast we drive um to opposite sides of sydney um to do the podcast and we take turns driving to each each other's place but you know the highlight for me isn't just the podcast the, mm. the highlight for me is that we get to adjust each other too mm. you know and so I love getting adjusted and I look forward to it I look Mick you brought up uh, we've talked about priorities and obviously for us this is what we do we're chiropractors uh, we practice what we preach so whatever we're advising and giving people advice for we ourselves do as well so we live the lifestyle and uh, uh, and it, that's what it is. It's a lifestyle choice. And that's what it boils down to. Symptoms are only the tip of the iceberg. In order to get to have symptoms, there's something going wrong in the first place, which is deeper. If you want to get healthier, that needs to be addressed to restore function and that takes longer, it takes time. If you're a 15 year old, it's not gonna take as long as if you're 45 and played footy and been in a couple of car accidents and you sit in front of a computer all day. It's just gonna take longer to get your body working better. And that is the lifestyle choice. So it comes down to what are your priorities? If health isn't a priority, get rid of the pain and then we'll see you next time and happily and welcome you with open arms. Uh, if you want to live a healthier, happier life, you're going to do more regular tune-ups. I actually think it's... Um, I had this conversation with a patient yesterday who has broken down five times, and I've seen him over a period of four years, five times. Mm-hmm. So, What do you mean by breakdown? So a physical breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm you're serious. Being, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably in the wrong place for a mental breakdown, but, you know, we all have them. So with with physical breakdowns, he, like, gets in really acute pain, can't move, and just can't do what he wants Mm. to do in life. Mm. And I say to him, look, it's your choice to do what you want to do. You're always welcome. But I said, aren't you sick? This is the fifth time it's happened in three years. Don't you get sick of going through this cycle? I said, mate, do you really think that I want you to come regularly for money? I said, it's not for money. I know you might think that, but it's not about money. I said, can't you see the pattern of what's going on here? It's happening all the time. Yeah, but don't, on that notion of money, we just explained earlier, for the people who do regular care, 
I can almost. I need to I'll finish it front. The, exactly right. I'll finish Over front. the longer term, those small regular investments are going to save you a lot more than having those disease health processes later in life. I've got no doubt you'll finish in front yeah. by being regular with your care. I, I genuinely mean that. You're going to finish yeah. in front. And we're not just talking, this is what we're talking about with taking care of your teeth. It's the same with chiropractic. You either do your daily, weekly, monthly decisions or you're going to pay for it in one big go. I think, and that's one of the reasons why we did the podcast today. I think there's a sometimes a degree of cynicism um, towards chiropractic thinking that, that it's motivated by cash, you know? And it's actually not. It's actually motivated by wanting people to be function at their best. Well, and that's that misunderstanding about what symptoms are, which comes back to the modern thinking post-petrochemical revolution in the 50s and 60s. I could take a pill and it's going to make all my ills go away. 50, 60 years down the track, we've realised, bugger, that's not going to work. Mm. And... Yes, yes. My mind was going to a Grinspoon song then. Yeah. So as far as time, same thing. Priorities. People have got you know priorities that you know if they're not allowing time to look after their health, or allowing any money to look after their health now. You know, it's the same thing. It'll come back, and and you may pay for it later to a certain degree. I um. um... I just want to go back and, and touch on a bit of the history of chiropractic, which is really interesting when I was reading about it. Because chiropractic, when it first developed about 100 years ago as a profession, was never about musculoskeletal ailments. Are we talking D.D. Palmer, the original first yeah, chiropractor? Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and uh, the popularity of chiropractic surged about a hundred, pardon me, about a hundred years ago in 1918 with the flu epidemic, which swept through the world, killing uh, hundreds and thousands and millions of people. Uh, so there's almost nothing known about prevention, protection, treatment or cure of influenza uh, at that time. Now, in the United States, I, I don't know if there's any chiropractors in Australia a hundred years ago, um, but this is some data on... Might have what, been some Homer Simpson type. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Nick. And you know when you threw him over the back of the, 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 the bin, garbage bin? Anyway. I'm just going to read out some, um, uh, some data from the United States about what happened with people under care for influenza back then. So in Davenport, Iowa, 50 medical doctors treated 4,953 cases of the flu with 274 deaths. So in the same city, 150 chiropractors, uh, including students, treated 1,635 cases with one death mm. from influenza. So in the state of Iowa, medical doctors treated a touch under 94,000 people with 6,116 deaths. So that's a loss of one patient out of every 15. 
died from influenza wow. in 1918. Now, in the same state, excluding Davenport, 4,735 patients were treated by chiropractors with a loss of only six cases. So that was a loss of one patient out of every 789. Mm. Let me repeat that. For people with influenza in Iowa in 1918, those... When it was life or death. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. When it was life or death, one in every 15 people died. Yeah. Those attending chiropractors for health care, one in 789 people died. And what a great point. I mean, we often say to people when they're sick, come in for an adjustment, don't we? Because it'll, it'll actually boost your health and boost your immune system, as we know it does, scientifically proven to do that. But what we, what we um, p- patients are reluctant to come in, but what they're actually doing, they, you know, from your statistics here, which is another study I've never heard of, it's awesome. Um, but, and that's because, going back to your original point, and basically people were getting adjusted, got nothing to do with pain. Nothing to do. So originally the chiropractic profession was about, you went to your chiropractor, you got adjusted, you were healthier, you were stronger, your immune system was better. That's why people went to chiropractors for better health. Nothing to do with musculoskeletal ailments. But in the modern era with allopathic medicine, we seem to have been pigeonholed into more of a, a back pain, neck pain, musculoskeletal practitioner, which is what we're really good at. We're really, really good at that, and we've explained why. Uh, but it's good for health. Mm. And that's where the popularity of chiropractic... It was after that occurred in the States, uh, people started visiting chiropractors more because they thought, wow, this is going to help me live longer. I think people who get it, they get that health concept, but it's hard sometimes to get people to take, um, you know, and one of the reasons why we're doing the podcast is to try to create an awareness, you know, surrounding, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, we're trying to help people get it, that chiropractic is more than just pain relief, you know? Yeah, especially for what we do. So it should be pointed out, some chiropractors just do pain relief and that's their choice. We also understand some people only want pain relief care, and that's fine. We're very good at that. Uh, But chiropractors like you and I consider ourselves more healthcare practitioners. We want people to be healthier because we know they're happier and they have a better quality of life. And if that's something that you as a member of the public are interested in, chiropractic is going to be a vital part of your team of, of healthcare professionals. Yeah, yeah, well put. And, and I think that's a great way to sort of summarise and um, and finish up with this podcast. Is there anything else that you want to add to it, mate? As always, if you want to send us an e- email, it's backtolife7 at bigpod.com or, or uh, backdoctorlikehart at gmail.com. Mate, that, that was, I actually really enjoyed that. I thought that was a, a really good summary. So thanks for that. Awesome. And uh, look forward to uh, catching up at our next podcast. Thanks. To, and look, looking forward to getting my adjustment straight after this podcast. Awesome, Mick. Thanks. Take care. Bye.